0: For the word, I want to give you something the Holy Ghost gave me the other yesterday morning when I woke up. You know, there's a lot of talk right now about the elections, and people are very concerned about what is happening and what is not happening with the elections. And so, when I woke up yesterday morning, I, I, the Lord began to talk to me, and, and I realized and I want you to think about what happened in Israel when Jesus they thought he was the Messiah. And he was going to come in and remove the Roman Empire and take over. And it didn't happen. He got himself killed. And they, they lost it. The, the, the disciples lost it. And so they left and they all went their way not really understanding what was really going on. So the Lord said to me, the message then became Jesus is alive, not Herod is dead. You see, our message now still needs to be Jesus is alive, not Trump is president. Jesus is still very much on the throne and he's still very much alive on the earth and our best days are ahead as a church. I believe that what God did was expose to the church how bad things are in the earth because I I didn't know until the last minute and I went, they're all corrupt. The whole thing's messed up. And I think that now, and so the other day I had a meeting with Doug Bankston and Hezekiah, and we have resurrected the uh, Apopka Christian Ministerial Alliance that died during COVID, and we're and so we're planning on another uh, mayor's prayer breakfast. Now, now the mayor wants David Barton in. And so, listen, we have a very strong Christian city, and we're fixing to get stronger. But one of the things that I want you guys to start learning is what goes on politically. We're not going to allow anything to go on in this city that's ungodly. We're going to have a say-so in who gets in office and who does not get in office and not allow corruption. I can't change America, but let's just change a pop cup. Now, several years ago, we had our church had a great deal to do with Mayor um, um, Brian Nelson, who is a born again Christian, getting into office, which is our mayor now. And many of the city councilmen flipping from, um, um, I I don't want to say Democrat, that's not true, from um, leftists to born-again Christians who love the Lord on our city council. Folks, that means a lot to the city when they're making laws that affect you. You notice that we're not running around, you know, the mass thing's not that big a deal right now in Apopka, never has been. Why is that? There's more freedom here. Well, that's because there's men and women of God in the seats that they need to be in. They're going to stay that way. Now, I'm going after the state now. So there's a lady by the name of Chris Ann Hall. And she's a constitutional um, lawyer, and she's been training the Texas legislatures. I've contacted her. I want her here. If we don't get her at the prayer breakfast, I'm going to bring her in here and get all the legislatures in Central Florida in this church right here and start teaching them what our Constitution actually means. And then see about getting some of the pastors to start learning what, what the government can and can't do. Because the last time I noticed, this is a government of the people, by the people, for the people, founded by Christians. And I'm not ready to let that go. Okay? So I'm going to fight the best way I know with knowledge right now. And I think that beats guns. Okay? So the next thing the Lord said to me, he said, get your thoughts on Jesus as Lord while you're tongue jogging. Now, if I made up that word tongue-jogging. Now, y'all don't know what that is. How many of you have ever ridden down the road in your truck, car, lukewarm Christian drive car, you know? And you just kind of pray like this. You're not really engaged. You're not really thinking about what you're doing. You're just praying in tongues. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but I call it tongue-jogging. And he said, I want you to start getting your thoughts on Jesus being Lord while you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Don't allow your thoughts to just keep roaming around. And then the next thing he said to me, focus on what I'm doing and not on what I'm not. Uh, we, we all seem to be going, this is not happening, and this is not happening, and this is not happening. Yeah, but what is happening? I, I, um, I was watching uh, Kenneth Copeland the other day, and, and uh, somebody on there said, I, everywhere I go, Christians are mad. And I don't mean mad in a bad sense, angry and out of control. I mean, they're like, I've had it. Yeah. And, the, um, and I'm telling you, even, even people on the left are starting to get tired of the corruption. And so I I think that's a good thing. I think God has slapped his church a little bit and woke it up. And I think that now that we're awoke, we're we're the woke generation. Amen. Okay, then he said, focus on what the Holy Ghost has to say and not on what the news has to say. And I wrote under the word news, Satan. Stop telling everybody what the devil's saying. What is the Holy Ghost saying? And I'm not talking about from prophets. You're a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. You got God, the Holy Ghost, inside of you. What's He saying to you? So I love my morning times with God when I wake up because that's when He starts talking strong to me. And, I, and He says, I want you to do this, and I don't want you to do that. And listen, He's not out of control. He's doing good. But but we need to be voicing what is God saying to you and what's He saying to this nation because the world needs to hear it. Thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm. That's not even my sermon. Those are just my Holy Ghost notes. Okay, go to Jude chapter 1, verse 20. And um, we're talking again. My sermon is called, I'm Your Cup of Coffee. Now, now, where that came from, many of you know this, but I've got to reiterate it every time I stand up because that's what they taught me to do at Ramah. Um, the, the other day when we were here with Mary Fran and I'm sitting there on the front row where Justin's sitting, Mary Fran was preaching and she made a statement out of her mouth, I'm your cup of coffee. And I knew right then that Mary Fran doesn't talk that way. That's not a normal verbiage she would say to a crowd. And I I realized right then that God the Holy Ghost just spoke out of her mouth and looked at us and said, I'm your cup of coffee. And, And see, if you're like me, that's kind of a ritual in our house yeah, we're kind of like the coffee um uh, you know if i was not a pastor i think i'd start a canon or or i wouldn't do starbucks Harder that's coffee. too liberal I, i'd start ai i love coffee amen. i love good coffee Harder. And so I grind my own in the morning, and I grind it to the, to the degree I want it ground, and, and I measure it out, and then I heat the water to the temperature I want it because I want to sit down with that cup of coffee with my Bible and enjoy that, my morning. So, I, you know, in the morning I wake up, and that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. And so when I wake up, and Lisa's still in the bed, she looks at me and quotes the Scripture, Hebrews that means I'm supposed to be the one here. She says, I don't smell anything. I can't get out of bed. So I get up and, and I go in the kitchen and start making the coffee. And then we go in the living room and we spend time with God. Well, what the Holy Ghost was saying to us is I want to be your wake up. I want to be the first thing that you, I want to be the thing you wake up to in the morning and go, I cannot start my day without spending time with God, the Holy Ghost. And I think that as, the, as Christians, and, and many of us have majored on Jesus being Lord, and he is Lord, and you are a new creation, and you are the righteousness of God, but without you as a born-again Christian, he would not have sent you the Holy Ghost if you didn't need it. If all you needed was to be born again, he'd have stopped right there. But he said, don't even leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And then he told us, he said, go and be full of the Holy Ghost. And I don't mean that that's a one-time thing that happened back 25, 30 years ago. Well, you spoke in tongues. I think that's supposed to be ongoing and increasing over time. And I don't think anything good will ever happen to us as Christians without being full of the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't know about you, but I found out personally, and I don't know about you. I can't talk for you. I can talk for Lisa and Justin, but I've never seen a Christian walk in agape love, which is supernatural and impossible, without the Holy Ghost. Now, the more I pray in the Holy Ghost, the nicer I am. Because sometimes if I'm not prayed up and full of God, the patient part stops me. Just love is patient. And I'm usually usually about half out of the will of God before I get on 441 and get down the road because somebody is headed to Disney at the speed different than what I'm driving. So so, it, so I'm going, well, you know, and sometimes Lisa looks at me and goes, you need to go pray. What that means is I'm not ready for the day yet. I need to go spend some time alone with God because the old Daryl is raising his head. So Jude chapter 1, verse 20, let's read this. And I think that now this is going to become very predominant in the church. But you, beloved, talking to Christians, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And here it is. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto everlasting life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction. He never would have told you to stay full of the Holy Ghost if you didn't need to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Why would he give you help you didn't need? All right, now I'm going to make a statement here that, that, that um, and, I, and I, think it, I, I think we need to go back and, and rethink a few things. Do you remember, and, and I know y'all aren't old enough to remember this, but do you remember when you were in school and we learned about Einstein's um, theory of relativity and I still don't know what it is? All I know is that they told us in school E equals MC square changed everything. And what they learned is that when Einstein discovered that, America had to go into all of its libraries and colleges and schools and throw all of the science books in the trash. Did y'all know that? Because everything we had ever thought was wrong. Once a discovery was made, there are things that happen to us in life where we've got to understand everything changes now. All right, there's another one, um, um, um Galileo, Galileo made the discovery that the earth goes around the sun and not the sun goes around the earth because man for hundreds of years, maybe several thousand years, thought the sun came up and the sun went down and the earth was stationary and the solar system revolved around us. And when he made that discovery, the church kicked him out and branded him a heretic because of that discovery but once he made that discovery everything about our study of the solar system changed do you all understand where i'm going with this there are things in life that need to change in you, and there is a doctrine in the church today. And and until a man or a woman is born again and everything changes and full of the Holy Ghost, you're going to continue down a road of defeat and you need something to change so that everything you ever believed before that becomes completely irrelevant. Let me give you one of them. There's a doctrine in the church today and in most denominational churches that says that everything that happens to you is God. He is sovereign. He's running everything. Well, when we read this right here, go to Romans 8. Let me read Romans 8 to you because I'm getting way ahead of myself and I don't want to do that. Romans 8. You know, it's funny how we'll read a scripture and God just keeps rewriting it. I mean, I've been reading this one for 45 years and and I'm still looking at it going, wow, learning stuff I never knew. So I'm going to read it before I start. Likewise, the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, helps us In our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he's making intercession for the saints, say me, according to the will of God. And then, not until then, do you know that all things are working together for the good of those that love God and called according to to his purpose. And people have taken that scripture and pulled it out of context and they've kind of made it sound like that everything that happens good and bad... God is doing it, and he's got some plan for your life, and what that's created is is created a completely weak, completely defunct church in the body of Christ who doesn't get their prayers answered and doesn't know God very well. And we're just allowing everything that happens, good, bad, and ugly, to come and calling it God and using half of a scripture, all things work together. I got to say it right, the way they do in Georgia. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. And you know, I don't know why God killed old Uncle Joe, but you know he had to have a reason for doing it. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. (laughs) And we we grew up hearing this kind of stuff. And then finally one day we began to realize that's completely wrong. Now, one of the things you're going to hear me say today is this. Do you know that God cannot do something? There's things he can't do. Yes. Now, I was at a Republican prayer breakfast one morning, and they invited me. I never got invited back, but I did get invited once. <laughs> and, I, and, and, we're, and we're there, and I mean, all these people are there, and I mean, every denomination on the planet. And I stood up and I said, what would y'all do if I told you there's things God can't do? Well, you talking about the whole building going quiet. Mm-hmm. Who is this heritage? And I said, what if I told you three things he can't do? Well, now they're at least listening to me. They're going, what are they? Mm -hmm. And I said, number one, he can't lie. And they went, oh, we knew that. (laughs) And I said, Titus 1-2, God cannot lie. And they went, what's number two? I said, he can't die. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is from everlasting to everlasting. Mm -hmm. And they're going, we knew that. And I said, number three is the clincher. Do you realize that God cannot violate His own Word? He has bound Himself to the Word. It says in Psalm 138 verse 2 that He has bound Himself to the Word of God. Now, what that means is that if Justin would like to get born again today, I I can't give an altar call and Justin stands up and says, I want to get saved and God goes, not today, come back tomorrow. I'm God. Can He do that? He can't do that. He cannot do that. So there's things God cannot do that. And I'm going to give you a third one. That the, that, the, that the body of Christ must now learn. He can't answer a prayer you don't ask. Amen. Now that's got people, that throws people because they're sitting around thinking, well, he already knows what I need. Right. Yeah, he knows what you need, but you need to ask. Right. So what are you going to do when you don't even know what to ask? Now God can't move and you can't move. So he gave you and I a person. The Holy Ghost is not a bird and he's not tongues, He's a person, he's the third person of the Godhead that, that made the earth that you live in, made the stars, rose, raised Jesus from the dead and he's now living on the inside of you and you think your problems are the problems, but they're not. So he is not working apart from his church. He's going to work with you or he's not doing anything. Amen. That's good. That's right. yeah. Now, Because of that, we've allowed things to happen that didn't need to happen because we did not get alone with him and and, and ask him to get involved and help us. So he gave us this word help. Now I'm going to give you this word and I got it out of Rick Renner's book and I'm only going to give him credit once. The second time I'll say the Lord showed me and the third time I'll tell you. Never mind. (laughs) I give everybody a little bit of grace. The word help is soon anti lumbano. Now that's Greek. It means to take hold together with against. The Holy Spirit wants to come in and take hold together with you against whatever you're dealing with. And He does that in prayer. Now He made the illustration in the book, and I don't like it because it's a bad illustration. i got to make another one. But he said, what if you woke up one morning and there was a boulder in your driveway and you couldn't move it? You would need help. I like to think of it like you're a a Shetland pony and the Holy Ghost is a Clydesdale and you've got a a stump in the yard that's got to be removed. Don't you know you're not really pulling it up? Yeah, that's true. Okay, thank you. See, once that Clydesdale gets on that stump with you, you're looking behind you and it's moving and you're going, I'm doing so good. But there are things that will never change until you and I learn intimacy with the Holy Ghost. Now, that's a big word. I'm not, now again, I'm not talking about tongue jogging. I'm not talking about just riding around praying in tongues. I'm talking about times alone with God. That's something that the Holy, I believe the Holy Ghost is calling the church back to. I think that Sunday morning means to be way more intimate than we've made it. It's been a teaching ministry for years and years now. I think it needs to shift over to a whole lot more um, um, spending time and intimacy with God. We need to have, and I said this last week, and I don't know why we don't do it. Why don't we sing in tongues anymore? I mean, we're kind of like going through the hymns and going through the hers and then get up and go through the word and you're watching. I know he'll be out by 1145, maybe 12 o'clock and we're going to go to. What happened to spending time with God? Nothing good is ever going to happen to you apart from that. You're going to live a very normal life, just very normal. And yet if you want something supernatural to happen, you're going to have to get alone with him. All right, are you all out there? All right, I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to give myself an A plus for that one. All right, he who likewise the Spirit helps in our weaknesses, we don't know what we should pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself is making intercession with us, which groanings which cannot be uttered. It says he makes intercession, and the literal word intercession, according to Rick Renner, means to get into the ditch or in the situation with you. When you and I get in a mess and you can't get out, he doesn't just give you instructions on getting out. He gets in the mess with you to get you out. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in messes. I mean, maybe it's only me. I've been in messes. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't even know what was going on around me. And I was completely void. I mean, all of my Bible learning and I, you know, you can read and read and read and learn and study and read and learn and wake up one morning and go, I better pray in tongues because I don't have a clue what I'm doing. You know, people come to me and go, what do I do about this? And I go, I don't know. You know, I mean, there's just a lot we don't know. And you know, the guy that made the universe knows and he's living inside of you. Why don't you go off and spend some time praying? Let him talk to you. You know, Brother Hagan made a statement that says a lot of counseling we would stop doing if people got back in the altar again. You know, there's times when I go, I don't know what I'm doing. I just go off praying tongues and I always come back and go, I know what to do now, glory to God, hallelujah. Because he gives me the scripture, he gives me the strength, he gives me the ability, and a strength and ability I didn't have until I started praying in the Holy Ghost. And I told Lisa one day, I said, if we're still having struggles and we're full of God, what is everyone doing? How are y'all handling this? Because, I mean, I'm full of God and, deal, and, and having struggles, and I'm going, if you're not, whew, you better find out how to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't shout me down. All right. All right. So, so I want you to go to Luke chapter 1. I think I'm done with that. Lisa, tell me whether I'm done with that. I'm done. Am I done? I cut out a lot of stuff I said in the first service because it went over like a complete lead balloon. I'm going to get into it a tiny bit, but Lisa, don't worry. I won't go there too far. How many men? How many women do you know that have children without a husband? Lots. I mean, without ever having relations. No, How many? Is that kind of like not possible? I'm gonna come over here. See, y'all are doing the same thing. First service, then explain. I'm gonna explain it to y'all. A woman can't get pregnant. Without a man. Uh, I know that's revelation. If you didn't understand it, go to the children's church, ask them because they know more about that than some of y'all do. So a man, a man cannot father children without a woman. Now listen to what I'm fixing to say. God cannot perform miracles apart from you. That changes everything. Yeah. That revelation changes everything. You're waiting on God to do stuff like God do this and God do that. And you're and without you spending time with him, you're gonna have to get pregnant by the Holy Ghost if you want to see the things you're praying about. That's true. Amen. Amen. It's talking about fellowshipping. But the word helps there. Now now here's, let let me read this before I get into this. There's a scripture in Daniel 11.32 that says, They that know God shall be strong. I think it's on the screen. The people who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. The word know there is not knowing God like I know God. It is a word knowing Adam knew Eve. And bore a child. What is that? That's intimacy with Adam. Adam and Eve became intimate. Okay? Then it says of, of Joseph... Joseph knew not Mary until after Jesus was born. Well, we know Joseph knew. Hi, Mary. Hi, Joseph. How you doing today? Listen, we're not talking about I know God like I know him. We're talking about I know God like I have been dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We're talking about a knowing God that the church has got to come back into a relationship to where we're now getting... off and getting in the spirit and getting pregnant yeah. with the things that look to you to be beca- as, as though they're not possible. Amen. All right, let's go. Let's go to Luke now. Y'all are ready for Luke. Verse 26, 126. The sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, now I want you to paint, we've got to paint a picture. She's not that old. This is not a normal day for a guy glowing to show up in the kitchen. And start off with, Hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And she's going, where's the Glock? <laughs> Buddy, I don't know who you are or what you're talking about, but you ain't coming in my house talking to me about babies because I, uh, I don't even know a guy. This is not a normal. Mary was not going, Hallelujah, I'm the mother of God. She's not doing that. I'm going to tell you, it, it, it says right here, this troubled her. I'm going to tell it to you, she, it, she freaked out. She's like, ah. Okay, you got to see that. Trying to help y'all read your Bible. And the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw that, she was troubled. Like, (laughs) I'm not quite sure who you are. And considered what manner of greeting is this. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb. Even God had to have a person to get his job done. Are y'all out there? See, anytime God wants to do anything in the earth, he's always looking for somebody that he can do it through. He, he's looking for you. He's looking for his church. He wants to change America, but he can't do it unless he can do it in his church. He wants to change your health, but he can't do it if he can't do what. See, if whatever he wants to do outside of you, he's got to do it inside of you first. If you're going to have a baby, you're going to have to get pregnant first. You're going to have to have, are y'all out there, did you go home? Okay. So Mary says, I don't know how in the world I'm going to have a million dollars. I don't even know a banker. I don't know how in the world I'm going to get healed. I don't even know a doctor. And she's talking about, she says to the angel, I don't know what you're talking about because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Now, see, we just got through reading Romans 8, 26, when you don't know, when you don't know. God the Holy Ghost knows you don't know how to go from where you are to where you need to be. But she's she's standing right there and she said to the angel, I don't know a man. And he said, no, but the Holy Ghost will come. The Holy Ghost is going to come on you and you're going to conceive and you're going to get pregnant by the Holy Ghost and you're going to conceive the Son of God in your womb and this is going to change everything in your life, young lady. Now, a lot of people are looking for change and they're waiting on God to do something, but they're waiting on Him to do it out here first. He doesn't happen. Babies aren't made out here. They're made in there. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Again, let me refer to the children's church if that didn't make sense to you. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> hallelujah. How can this be since I don't know a banker? You know, when I got born again, I lived in Whitehall, Georgia. My whole family lived in a bedroom that was about 10 by 10 with a full-size bed and a dresser. Me, my wife, and two kids slept in a full, not queen, not king, full-size bed, no heat, no air conditioner, and lived out of a garden. And you're talking about supernaturally broke. You know how I got a Coca-Cola? I went to one of those bottles where you open it up and you put a glass under it and you pop the lid because a dime I didn't have. But the day I got born again, and I began to spend time alone with God, down on the inside of me, I started seeing myself standing on the platforms overseas with thousands of people out in front of me, and I was preaching to them. And God is in, when I'm in there in my bedroom praying in the Holy Ghost, he's starting to birth Something way bigger than me down on the... I'm starting to see what I can't see. I'm starting to see things I've never seen before. I started seeing the world, not not Whitehall, the world. I started seeing myself wealthy. I started seeing myself healthy. I started seeing myself doing things I never did before. And it didn't happen out there. It happened in the secret place. And all I did was get up out of the secret place and go out and act out what was going on in my bedroom alone with God oh, yeah. Now it took some time. Having a baby takes a little bit of time. It took more than nine months for me. But I went from Whitehall to a little old mobile home, and I went to a little old job, and the little old job turned into a, almost a career where I got out of debt, where I got my first brand new car, a Honda Civic, it had an AM radio, hallelujah. But to a good old country boy that ain't never had nothing, that's big deal. And I went from there and went out to Oklahoma, went to Bible school, and and from there and from there, listen. From there, moved from uh, Tulsa to Orlando. And from Orlando, got my, 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 my pilot's license. From pilot's license and flying through the Caribbean and, and Mexico and Cuba to going to Russia and India and Africa and preaching the gospel and seeing people raised from the dead. Now, what could happen to a little old country boy with no shoes in, in Whitehall, Georgia, that back then I got my fish by going down to the river and catching them with my hands and putting them in a gunny sack? You don't even know what a gunny sack is. A croaker sack, you know, croaker sack.
1: Nope.
0: <laughs> it's a burlap sack that, got
1: it.
0: where you put flour in it.
1: Got it
0: now. <laughs> Man, I got to help some of y'all out a little bit. But do y'all understand that? See, God, Amen. God had something he wanted me to do. And I got news for y'all, he's not done. Not done. Amen. You know, I have this problem. <laughs> I don't think I'm old. I know some people do, but I don't. I love Lisa's statement, my boys. I go, that's right, baby, don't you ever forget it. And they've been trying to get me to join the seniors, but they're all old people over there, and I'm not going. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? See, it's very, it's (laughs) I say about Anytime God wants to do anything, He's gonna do it in you. And he's going to draw you, Not you don't need to get up and try to go do it and make it happen. You're going to frustrate yourself because that's supernatural. All you can do is natural. That you're a natural man and and without God you'll stay just natural. But the moment he can draw you off alone to where you're off praying in a language you don't even know what you're saying and you're spending time alone with God, things are happening down on the inside of you, and you get up from there, and and, and you become another man. Okay. Does this make sense? I'm not done yet. I still got two more scriptures. Go to 2 Corinthians 3.18. That's why the Lord says, I don't want you tongue, just, just tongue-jogging. And, and I made up that term. As a matter of fact, we're making T-shirts. As soon as we can get Nikki, she's off goofing off having babies. <laughs> By the way, do they even know Nikki had a baby? No. Uh, I don't know. Well, most women tell you the weight and the size and the length. It's and the.
2: She asked me not to put it on
0: social media. This is not social media.
2: No, I know. I'm just saying,
0: I didn't put it on social Nikki days. had a baby, was it? 9'3". Nine, 9'3". Three. Nine, three. Nine, three. 21 and a half Nine, inches. 21 and a half inches. James Douglas. James Douglas will be with us soon. Amen. And I called her the other day and asked her when she's going to get back to work. <laughs> Never mind. She says, I have been working. No, I'm teasing. Amen. Aren't you excited? Yeah. Amen. I love it. We're going to build this church. We just have them from the inside and out. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3. Oh, we got another one coming soon, don't we? Three weeks. Yeah, 2 weeks. Three weeks. You're not you're not going to miss Mark's meetings because of that, are you?
1: She's due the 23rd.
0: I'll be nice. Saint Corinthians 3. <laughs> but we all with the unveiled face behold as in a mirror, mirror, mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So how do you go from glory to glory? It's very simple. I just said it. It is in your intimate times. It is in those quiet times where you're praying in the Spirit. You're praying out mysteries. I believe that the, all that God has for you is in you. Yes. And I believe Amen. that you and I are supposed to be praying it out. Amen. If not, your life will become very boring and dry yeah. because we've not taken advantage of Him. All right, let's look at one more real quick. Ephesians. And we've read this a hundred times in this church. Remember, the language of the Holy Ghost is vision, and you've heard me make this statement. If you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. Right. You've got to get your seer going, and, and we, you can call it anything you want to, but there's things that I've never seen until I begin to pray it out. Yeah. Now, this building right here, let me tell you where this building came from and Barbara will remember this, we'd have prayer meetings over in the old shopping center, and I'd sit down, we'd sit down like Indians and cross our legs and just sit and pray in the Holy Ghost. And one day, while I was in there praying, I had a vision of a move of God, and we were not in that building, we were in another building. And I saw the building, I saw the sanctuary, I saw the foyer, I saw it all. And I'm sitting there praying, and the Holy Ghost got so strong in the building that everybody in the building fell out in the power and stepped over into glory. Now listen, right after I got born again, I'm laying in my bed one night, and I was just worshiping God, and I was thanking Him, I'm not going to hell. Now if you're a heathen, you really appreciate being saved. The rest of you, I don't know about y'all, but when you're a uh, when you're a felon and you've been run out of a city and you ran around with the outlaw gang and you've almost been dead, and then Jesus washes you in the blood, that's big deal. Okay, so I'm laying in my bed, thanking God that I'm not going to hell, and one and He just took me up into heaven and let me walk around out there and talk with God and the whole nine yards, and I mean it's just incredible, you know. So anyway. I don't know how I got off on all that. But anyway, when we were praying, we were praying in that building over there, and all of a sudden, oh, I know where I came. Because I got caught up, I was able to see heaven. I saw angels. I saw the glory. And the Lord told me that day in prayer that there will come a day even in this church right here where during a Sunday morning service everybody in the building will just go out in the glory and you'll step over and actually see angels. You'll see heaven. The anointing will come on you so strong that you won't even get up off the carpet till about 3 in the afternoon. And when you get up and walk out of the building and go to Walmart, everybody around you is going to fall out in the power just when you go walking by them. And he showed me the last day revival well I drew the building that you're in right now based on the vision that I had in prayer Amen. we're here okay boy y'all Amen. Go. Amen. someone says what's the building look like and I, I went to an architect and when he got finished I said that's all wrong I said I've been in that building before <laughs> that, see people don't understand that when you say that well, I've been there before I've seen it I know what it looks like inside Okay, all right, Ephesians 3. If you hadn't found it out, you're never going to. (laughs) Now again, again, let me reemphasize this because we've made a big emphasis on the word. I, I am a very strong word man. I'm also a very strong Holy Ghost. But some of the teaching we've got, we've got teaching and teaching and teaching, which is good. But I think it's time to start making the shift, not, not away from teaching. I don't mean that you're taking, you're going away from anything. Maybe the word adding to it is back in the element of spending time, even Sunday morning, just spending time alone with God. Don't wait for the band to get you there. Yes. Come in there, getting ready to come in and go. Listen, son, boy, I shouldn't, L- let me just go someplace that preachers fear. There are things you are going to get in church. You will never get them anywhere else. That's true. Do not forsake the assembling was not a good idea. It's a God command. Amen. That's right. I know that there's people who don't agree with that, but I had a lady came to me and says, why does the Holy Ghost always move when I'm gone? And I said, why are you always gone? Maybe he's waiting on you to leave so he can move. No, no, I did, I did say that, but I was joking with him. I repent sometimes, too. You're welcome. Amen. Verse 319, it says, To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He's not talking about that day you got spoken tongues. He's talking about be being filled. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly, this is bad English, isn't it? Abundantly, it shouldn't be but one exceeding abundantly. There shouldn't be two L-Ys in there. My, my English teacher told me that. Exceedingly abundantly above all you have ever asked or even conceived in your mind According to the power working where? If it isn't working in you, it isn't working at all. Say wow. Wow. Now, you're looking for God to do stuff around you. God's wanting to do something inside you. Now, victory, the Lord said this to me one time when I didn't like the way my church was going, and he said, until you get victory in you, you will never have victory in your church. I went, he said, you're reproducing after yourself. I went, you mean it's all up to me? He said something like that. I'm waiting on God to move in my church and not allowing him to move in me. See, I realized right then I didn't have to wait on y'all. I could just go get victorious and I could just have a revival all by myself. Amen. See, I am a revival. Yes. Amen. <laughs> you know, a lady in, in Apopka told me one day, she said, Pastor Morgan, you scare us. I said, Satan said the same thing to me this morning. She said, we don't know what you're going to do. I said, kind of like the Holy Ghost comes and goes. You don't know whether he's coming in or going out. I said, that's a compliment. Thank you. You know, if you're full of God, there ain't nobody going to figure you out. I mean, you're, you're just liable to say anything and do anything. But it'll be good. All right. Say it's possible. Say the greater one is inside of me. Say shandada ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-ban-da-ka-bada sanda. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Baida nani ha na lada. How da. Why not in church? I mean, hallelujah. Bada lana no honey. Sha da da bum da la da ba sanda. Kissy. All right, one more, and then I'm gonna turn it over to Lisa. People are praying about the gifts of the Spirit returning to the church. They're gonna to have to return in you. They're gonna to have to start in you not in the church in you. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you one more story. And uh, I think I think Scott will love this story. It's a goofy story. <laughs> but but when I first started pastoring pastor in this church, the gifts of the spirit operated in me a lot. And then one day, they quit. And I didn't know why God took them away. And I went to prayer. And I prayed, "God, where's tongues? Where is interpretation? Where are the prophecies? Where is the word of knowledge? Where are the gifts of the spirit? You know what he said? Nothing. He doesn't answer unbelief. So I prayed and 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 I prayed. And And God answered. He said nothing to me. So finally we're in a meeting one day and Dr. Varallo looks at me and says, I just, are you guys heading up to now? I said, we're going up to North Carolina, take the motorcycle and ride around with Len Mink and all those guys up there, you know, and pretend like we're spiritual giants, you know. So I'm um, around the big dogs, even though I'm, I'm, I'm a little dog, but I'm pit bull, so it's all right. <laughs> so I'm riding around with them, and all the way up there, I'm bothered by the lack of the gifts of the Spirit in me. And so we get there, and Lisa and I unload our Honda with all the Harleys. $12,000 bike with $20,000 bikes. $12,000 bike runs, 12, $20,000 don't. Never mind, it's an image thing. If you're a man, you can write anything. Amen. Never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. That's too much. So I unload our motorcycles, and we get on the leather jackets and all that, and we're out, you know, fixing to get out and start riding. to would be cool all over the mountains. And so um, Lynn Meeks says, you know, let's have a prayer meeting. We all gathered around in a big circle and gather around our bikes, and we're praying over the meeting. All of a sudden, Lynn starts speaking in tongues. And he's out there going, Shondai, Shandai, tie my bow tie. And then he says, Pastor Morgan, you've got the interpretation. And I'm going, I do not. <laughs> this is absolutely embarrassing. Why in the world would you do this to me? All this is going on in me within a millisecond. Like, why would you do this to me? You and I, and I, and I got mad at God, and I said, you know, good and well, I don't have the gifts for anymore. You took them away from me. I don't know where they went. I don't know why in the world. And why in the world did you tell this guy? Because he, he's just missed God, and I don't know why he's doing this. This is embarrassing. It's all get out. And I lifted my hands, and when I got out, I gave the interpretation. God. They were shocked. I was shocked. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> I was so shocked. I'm like, thank you for bailing me out of that. And I thought, I'm done. Not. <laughs> And we went out and got pizza that afternoon. It wasn't sanctified. It wasn't holy. It was ready. I'm on a diet and they get bread. And I knew what I knew following these guys around was not a good idea. So we're off eating pizza up in the upper room and and and, and so and so um, Lynn Mink prays again. And then he gives out a tongue, and guess who he calls? Pastor Morgan. Pastor Morgan, you've got the interpretation again. And and I did, I went, that once was enough. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to me? I don't have, and I mean I went over this with God and I mean it took like like a second or two and I, and I, just, and I just lifted up my voice and gave the interpretation and it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it up, I mean, it was really God. Right. Ask me did it happen again. <laughs> it, it did, a third time. God always does. He always talks to you three times. At the end of the third time I went to God and I said, what are you doing? He said, I never took anything from you. you're not using it. Hey, yeah. I went, went,Sndai. Yeah. Are y'all out there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Giving you a gift you don't use and doing you a whole lot of good. Yeah. You, and I'm going to give you a Palore, mojero, deromakvo. There are none, and there are some Menedes,. All of you that sit here before me today have within you gifts. They are in there given by me. They're gifts for you in this life that will take you places you have never been before. They are my gifts to you. Today, I'm instructing you, leading you, and guiding you to begin spending time alone with me and develop the gifts inside you. They will take you where you want to go when nothing else will, says the Holy Ghost. Those gifts are in the church. They're in us. Are y'all getting this? Simple message. I mean, this is nothing deep. But yet, even tongue talking charismatics tend to sit around and wait on God. And it's we, we all kind of revert back over to, Lord, what are you doing? He's going, well, why don't you get along with me and let's do it together. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever he's going to do is going to be with you. Yes. If he's going to move, he's going he's to move you. Yes. And yes. you and God are going to do some things e- extraordinary. Hallelujah. Now, don't be limited by the way you see yourself. You need to get a vision of who He sees you to be. That's good. You will. I asked the Lord one time, because when I was in Tulsa, uh, well, the devil came to lock me in prison. I told you the story about a girl getting raped, and I was a maintenance man, but yet uh, they had invited me to lunch that day, and the lunch took four hours. And yet when this was going on in the apartment complex, I was at lunch with the um, city commissioner's wife and and all of the people I worked with. So had not God done that, and and I got to thinking, Satan, hold on a minute. If I'm unimportant, why do you try so hard to stop me? You you just gave me a compliment. Yes. I mean, I see you doing it to Jesus, and I see you doing it to Paul, but I never knew I was that big a deal. You've got to get with God and get an image of who you are. And when you do, don't expect your relatives to agree with you. Now, my sister watches sometimes. I'm still Daryl. You remember when you tied Nancy to the tree and tried to burn her at the stake? And I say, I never tied Nancy to a tree and burned her at the stake. I'm a new creation. Well, you know good and well you did. Don't be bringing that Bible scripture up to me. We know you burned Nancy at the stake. (laughs) Never mind, y'all didn't get that. Don't get your identity from B.C., You get your identity from the Word of God, who you are now in Christ. You are sons of God. You are, God placed you here now because you're the answer to this generation. You are. You're no small deal. Every devil in hell knows you by name. You need to know you by name. Spend time alone with God. Begin to spend time and let him do a work in you. And watch where you go. If he can do it in Joyce Myers, a hot pants, foul mouthed woman. If he could take Kenneth Copeland, an overweight, fat, broke pilot. If he could take Smith Wigglesworth, a backslidden plumber, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. what could he do with you and I? Yeah. If he could take Peter, a loud-mouthed fisherman mm-hmm. who was a coward. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Yeah, right. I mean, there ain't anybody good in the Bible. There ain't nobody. I mean, what about poor little old David? We think he's a mighty man of God. He, he was just a, um, a, a slingshot throwing country boy watching sheep until the Holy Ghost came made a king out of a boy. Father God, what could you do in us? What is it you're wanting to do inside of each one of us right here? Father, I'm calling this church and I believe you're calling the church in America back into the intimacy with you and to get full of God with the Holy Ghost. Not just Sunday morning, but I mean staying full of God every, all day long, every day. We have not seen what a church can be Stories about John G. Lake. We read stories about men. We read stories about Dr. Osborne. But what about your church in the earth today? I believe that our greatest days are ahead. I believe that the devil is afraid. You said, I will build my church. And I believe you are building it stronger than ever before. And I believe that our best days are ahead. And we need to just spend time along with you. Say this with your mouth I will spend time praying in the Holy Ghost building myself up on my most holy faith praying in other tongues in Jesus name. maybe you got this praise
2: the Lord amen this is the fifth Sunday of the month we're going to take communion amen the uh the ushers are going to bring the communion elements up here um they're already uh, made for you, ready to go. And when I give you guys the okay, I'd like one member from a household to come up and get enough for your family, your spouse, your child, your your son, daughter, whatever. One member. Not everybody flood up. This side, this side. But um, let me just read a scripture to you. Hebrews. <laughs> Hebrews. Amen. <laughs> Nine... Verse 11 through 14. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his very own blood, he entered the most holy place up in heaven once for all, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Say it's because of the blood. Say Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. It is because of the blood. And so if you will go ahead and begin to come up one member from a household, grab the juice for your family and the cup that's already been prepared for you, one member from a household. And I'm just going to sing this just for a minute until we get back to our seat.
1: Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus oh the blood of Jesus for it washes white as snow there is healing in the blood of Jesus healing in the blood of Jesus Jesus there is healing in the blood of Jesus for it washes white as snow there's deliverance through the blood of Jesus deliverance through the blood of Jesus deliverance through the blood of Jesus for it washes white as snow if you're in this place this morning and
2: you've never made Jesus Lord you never can remember a time that you said Jesus be the Lord of my life this is the time to do it right now Jesus said today's the day of salvation for God so loved the world John three sixteen, that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus is not condemning you. Jesus is not judging you. All the claims of justice have been satisfied with the father God through Jesus's blood. There's no more guilt. There's no more condemnation. There's no more shame. Just plead the blood. When you say the word, I plead the blood. It's not a weird, funky term. It means I apply the blood. It's not by my works of righteousness that I've done, but it's by the blood of Jesus. And when you say I plead the blood of Jesus over my family, you're saying I apply the blood of Jesus to my family. Thank you for the blood. So let's go to first Corinthians 11. Amen. And we will take this together. And, um, I will take it with you. Somebody will get me some juice and a cracker. Amen. Thank you, Zach. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 11, 23. Miss Colleen, you got that for the peoples? For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Before you say it, say, Jesus, thank you that your body was broken for me. I accept that. Your body was broken, so my body does not have to be broken. You took my infirmities. You bore my sicknesses. And by your stripes that were taken for my sin, I am healed. I do not reap the results of sin because you took it on your body and in your body. Thank you for the body of the Lord Jesus. You may take the bread. The same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it. Do it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Lift the cup up and say, Jesus, I accept your blood. The blood of the sacrifice that was shed for me. I have no more shame. I have no more sense of shame, sense of guilt. For you have washed my sins in the blood I thank you now because of the grace of God in me, that supernatural ability. I have the power that I need to be able to turn 100% completely from sin. We thank you for the blood. Go ahead, Andrew. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's always good to take communion. You don't have to wait till the fifth Sunday of the month. Amen. We only have four a year. This morning, if I could have my altar workers come forward, I'm going to give basically one altar call. And that is that if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which the pastor has been talking about actually for the last three weeks, I want you to come up and I want you to come up and let someone pray for you. You will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In Luke 11, it says... If we as parents, if our children ask us for an egg for breakfast, are we gonna give them a scorpion, right? If we ask for fish for dinner, are we gonna go, here, have a snake so he can bite you and kill you, right? If we ask for bread, are we gonna get rocks on our plate? Come on, peeps, we all know what that means. If you, even people that aren't born again that don't love Jesus, will give their children good things. And Jesus said how then you be a natural carnal if you'll give good gifts to your children how much more me who is your heavenly father who is the good of all good the perfect of all perfect how much more shall I give in the Luke 11 it says the Holy Spirit to those who ask him in Matthew it says how much more shall I give good things to those who ask him this morning when we pray for you you will receive the Holy Spirit he doesn't say no Ever just receive it by faith and he'll fill your mouth but you got to do the talking he won't make your mouth move but if you'll open it he said he'll fill it so if you don't speak in tongues as of right now you want that Jude 1 building yourself up on the most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit you need that you need to be built up amen so come forward we'll pray for you and if you want prayer for any other reason we'll pray for you want to take that time with you we're not in a rush to get out and go eat for those who need prayer amen if you bring your your in-laws and your outlaws we'll pray for them praise the lord if you're with someone today who doesn't want to come up they're kind of new you come up with them don't make them come up by themselves you bring them up you support them amen hallelujah the rest of you, I'm going to ask you to quietly step out of this sanctuary and uh, you can resume talking, fellowshipping in the foyer, but allow people to come up in an in a attitude of worship and prayer. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events,